Hey, Jesse. How you doing? Good, Katie. How would you like to hear a story from no. a Brooklyn no. media no. party? No. So there I was Fine. at my friend's holiday party. I'm talking to my friend. And he texts during our conversation. He has to send a text. I see the name he is texting is Whistleblower Mike. Mm. That's his name in the phone. Whistleblower Mike. I don't think it wasn't Mike. I make it Mike, but some whistleblower something. And I ask him like, whoa, you're, you're texting with, he's a journalist. So I'm like, you're texting with a whistleblower, but you call him whistleblower in your phone. Isn't that like not? It's bad opsec. Not yeah. a good idea. He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, no. His first name is whistleblower. I got it. <laughs> right. His, his parents named him whistleblower. It's nominative determinism. His, no. His uh, last name is Mike. My friend explains that, in fact, whistleblower Mike was the one person in this particular friend group who was willing to say out loud that another one of their friend's girlfriends sucked. Uh. <laughs> so, he, so he became whistleblower Mike after that. Is that the whole story? That's the whole story. But I told you we could get right into the episode. Katie, what is the name of this whistleblower outing podcast? This is Blocked and Reported, and I'm Katie Herzog. And I'm Jesse Single. And today... And who is the girlfriend? I don't know any. I don't know any of the details, and if I did, I wouldn't reveal them. I don't. I don't. <laughs> You're not whistleblower, Jesse. Blow my sources, yeah. Um, as I turn off my heat, I'm gonna I'm gonna freeze to death for the sake of this podcast. That's how I want to go. I'm fine with that. Today, we're gonna talk about a crazy internet story involving a squirrel, a streamer, and I guess neoconservative pundit. Is she even neoconservative? People call her that. Just all the worst things in the internet, sort of came together in this disgusting way, and I'm going to walk you through it. Katie, let's start with, unless you have any preliminaries, or you usually have like 10 or 12 corrections to do from from your fuck-ups. Are you good this week? No, Katie's correction corner this week. We're good. <laughs> no meeting of the KKK? Actually, wait, what did we talk about last week? Maybe I do have corrections. What did we talk about last week? I'm thinking really hard. <laughs> oh, no. Our last free episode, oh, oh, uh, God Damn it. What is... I don't even smoke weed like you do. I barely oh, smoke. Oh, it was the college campus genocide stuff. Oh, that's why I don't remember. We got a lot... We actually probably should say something about emails. this. We got a lot of emails about this, and I just want to say you're all right. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a single one we disagreed with, even the ones that seemed to contradict one another. It was all right. good feedback. We do Thank read... I think we can safely say... I read all the emails we get. Maybe we should stop giving out the email address. No, blotterimportedpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We, we, I do read them. My favorite email was the one that said that uh, the the listener was so appalled by our anti-Semitism that he's going to take the $5 a month he gives to us and give it to Barry Weiss. Well, um, it's funny you should say that. Cause was that an intentional segue? Because this episode is about... It was not. Well... You're so good at this, you do it accidentally. Uh, they're going to take their money from us and give it to Barry Weiss to support Israel. She needs it. I mean, first of all, she needs it. Second of all, in terms of <laughs> if if your goal is to maximize your support for podcasts that are like ardently pro-Israel, that that makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah. That's give it to me. And or, you know, most reason, like if you want to maximally support lesbians, I would give to them too. Barry's a bisexual. This is bisexual erasure. Oh, did I just erase? Did I do a bisexual eraser? You erasure? Did. You erasure? Did. <gasps> Katie... Because I'm on Twitter, I'm back on Twitter, and I follow a lot of left-of-center accounts, I've long known that most of the evil in the world emanates from a single source. Say it with me, Barry Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss, according to her enemies, is a uniquely pernicious influence on America and the world. Why do you think she has come to take on such an outsized role in the imagination of her many enemies on the left? 
Why Barry? I guess it's because she was an insider. She was at the New York Times. And now she's an outsider. Does that make sense? Well, I think it's more she was an insider saying things you're not supposed to say as an insider. Yeah, she was specifically very critical of the New York Times. And I'm not sure that a lot of her critics are like huge New York Times stands. They're probably much to the left of the New York Times. But they fucking hate her. I don't know. Barry has taken on sort of mythic status among a certain amount of a certain number of people on Twitter. And not not status like I disagree with her sometimes for sure, but I, I just still haven't seen I mean, we'll get to some stuff she did that has recently made her mad, but I've never seen like the Barry Weiss take where I'm like that is so bad and so dumb that I see why people hate her. Now, like anyone who tweets a lot, she has her swings and misses. Um, and we should disclose, like, she's she's basically a friend at this point. I think I've only met her in person four or five times, most recently at the um, that debate where they settled that, the, what do they say? The sexual revolution was good or bad? It was one or the other, I can't remember. Good. Good. Louise Perry said everyone should just fuck everybody, which I found surprising coming I'm from her. I'm pretty sure that was not Louise No, it was Perry. Louise Perry. Moving on. Um... So yeah, we're talking about someone who we have a pre-existing, you know, she, she's a buddy, a friend. Um, but anyway, according to Twitter, Barry Weiss is pure evil. This is known. What was not known until recently is that she's also actually a murderer. I th- I actually did know that. She told me once when we were um, having dinner, she told me she's a murderer. You weren't, no, she told us you weren't supposed to say anything. Oh, sorry. Oh, fuck. I thought, you know what? I was channeling whistleblower Mike. We're going to cut that. We're going to cut this. Um, are you familiar with... <laughs> A Twitter. This this episode's gonna jerk around a little bit. I'm gonna jerk you around. Are you familiar with Zay Squirrel? I oh, I've always pronounced in my head Z Squirrel, but yes, unfortunately, maybe I am. it's Z Squirrel. Yeah. Okay, get what's, what's the short version of what Z Squirrel is? I mean, I'm I'm blocked by Z Squirrel, so I me too. I like Most haven't seen Z Squirrel's tweets in a long time. Which, like, thank God. Uh, Z Squirrel is like the embodiment of all of the most aggravating leftist accounts on Twitter. Yeah, like. I'm we're very online so we have this concept of the communist squirrel lodged in our brains and it is like people people in our world if you talk about the communist squirrel they know what you're talking about because Z squirrel or Z squirrel or whatever the fuck is one of the most deranged Twitter accounts out there. Uh, I've long been blocked as mm-hmm. well. They have, unlike a lot of deranged Twitter accounts which you can totally ignore, they have almost 200,000 followers which is way too many. Mm-hmm. I'll just here's a little um amuse bouche the account uh, halalcoholism sent this to me as one example of um I thought it was halal alcoholism. Let's see. Halalcoholism. Right. No, that's a better pun. Yeah. Um this is just this is like mild by what's going to come, but so this is when the squirrel was tweeting under uh, at @zaynap which I guess if you say it out loud it sounds like Zaynap. Maybe that's their name in real life. But And the and th- what? the reason it's communist squirrel is because squirrel isn't in this person's name, right? No, but they're. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the avatar. Is a, a very squirrel. cute, big-eyed squirrel. I think from a Disney movie. I'm not sure. Like which a Bambi. One. Squirrel. Yeah, maybe a Bambi. Yeah. Um, so this cute squirrel says, "Lol, if you're a fan of Sarah Hader, Colette, Jonathan Haidt, Kathy Young, Pinker, Solani, first of all, this sounds like it'd be a fun party. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the alt-right adjacent <laughs> pieces of shit that populate this hell site. How about not following me because I despise your fucking guts?" Shaking my head, the brain worms these people have. Yes, those other people have the brain worms. Right. So the squirrel basically thinks everyone to the right of Mao Zedong is a Nazi. And like I said, unfortunately, has just under 200,000 followers. So I hate to immediately digress 
from the main story, which we'll take a minute to get to. But the internet lore surrounding the squirrel is wild because they're this incredibly toxic big account. No one, I don't think anyone really knows who they are. They're an obsessive chronic poster. They basically always post crazy far left takes. I'm not sure there's any bad lefty take they have not spewed. What I didn't know is that they have a years long, very intense and very entertaining feud with Destiny. Uh, hold on. What I didn't know is that they have a years-long feud. Ah, I keep hitting stuff. What I didn't know is that they have a years-long feud with Destiny, and they and ugh, I'm sorry, Kitty, and that it. <coughs> I'm leaving all of this in. There's like my five times. Just I usually you're the one who can't get a sentence out. No offense. I don't know my performance today. What I didn't know is that they have a years-long feud with Destiny. And that it got pretty interesting and pretty intense. Okay, can you explain who Destiny is? I'm still not clear on who Destiny is, other than I know that Destiny has a, a is a, a man on YouTube with a stripper's name. Destiny, <laughs> Destiny is that. Uh, he is by the standards of streaming. He's a longtime streamer, sort of like an OG political streamer. So he talks a lot about politics. He's really into debate. Uh, he's a friend of the pod, I'd say so, even though you don't know who he is. is it, uh, I've been on his stream. I've come up from time to time. I'll drop a couple examples in the show notes but the one time he had me on to like talk to me he's just playing elden ring you can see what he's playing you also see his face you hear my voice because i didn't feel like doing video but that's like what he does he just talks to people he debates everybody he's formed this large community around him i assume he does all of this on a stripper pole wearing a g-string yeah exactly it's it's very sensual um his positive his fans call themselves i guess dggers or the daliban but i'm gonna call (laughs) them los destinos because i think that sounds cooler I apologize for uh, for misnaming them. <laughs> All right, we'll go with Taliban. When I asked about the squirrel on Twitter, I got a Reddit DM saying, hey, you should ask the Taliban about this. So a few days ago, I posted to that community. I was just like, fill me in on the squirrel account. We'll link to that post. Uh, the Taliban have very strong feelings about the squirrel. The post got almost a thousand net upvotes. It was 96% upvoted. This is the most I've ever like, crowning achievement. inserted myself it is. It is. I don't think a single person was like, fuck you, turf. Wow. Very positive. Bunch of people responded with very specific stories about the long history of squirrel destiny warfare. Like many reviled internet figures, the squirrel fills the Taliban with both disgust and intrigue. No one really knows who she is, but there's... She? A, they, I keep hearing the squirrel called a she. I haven't checked what? what pronouns they call themselves, but everyone said she. Okay, I wonder if they're being... Think it's a very male It's a very male right, energy. Right, it's very right? male energy. I wonder if they're like being dicks, like calling a man a woman, or if they actually think that this is a, a female. I think, well, let me just go... It's a trans woman. It's How do you know woman. it's a trans woman? It would explain a lot. Mm, that's pretty fucked up. Um, male energy, female pronouns. So basically, what seems to have happened is that Destiny helped to drive the squirrel completely crazy. Oh, it's Destiny's fault. It's Destiny's fault. Just like everything's Barry's fault. Everything's Destiny's mm-hmm. fault. It, it, it's a pretty interesting story. Here's how one member of the Destiny community, Kohan1000, uh, described the emergence of the squirrel as a primary Destiny antagonist. Quote, there's some schizo from the belly of Twitter's toxicity and one of the first bail spawns which emerged during the lefty arc, end quote. Please explain. <laughs> So a bail spot is just like a monster where there's like many of them coming out of some source. I asked what the lefty arc was. Another Taliban member, Emergency Row 5777, put it this way. 
The lefty arc refers to a period in 2019 where Destiny switched from debating primarily alt-right content creators to attacking and debating the weaker ideologues of the left. During that period of time, Destiny had a large lefty following for his dismantling of the alt-right, but once it was a leftist turn to get called out, they claimed foul play. Mm. This is the origin story behind why a lot of leftists hate Destiny and even call him right-wing. Gotcha. Um, this reminds me of our own trajectories a little, like... But I feel like in 2015, my writing and opinions and especially tweets were mostly geared at attacking conservatives mm-hmm. and pointing out how dumb they were. Yeah. Like, I'd like to think I was a little more sophisticated than that. And I wasn't some raging demagogue. And I'd, I'd written a thing or two that had pissed off the left. But like, there was definitely more partisanship and activism to how I approached my work back then. Do you, do you feel the same way about yours? Yeah, I mean, for sure, the turning point for for me was really 2017 after the reaction to my detransition piece in The Stranger. I think before then, I I mean, there there, there were some occasions when I when I would step on like lefty toes, like make by making fun of Burning Man and shit like that. When I worked at a at a climate change, <laughs> the right, most offensive right. thing at all. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it was sort of mainstream right-wingers are either stupid or evil and i'm not sure with takes and then and then everything sort of changed after the reaction to my to my detransition piece and one thing i found through this was just that there was a lot more like it was a lot more interesting to me to look at lefty culture and liberal culture which i understand better i understand it a lot better yeah. than i do right-wing cu- culture so i think my critiques are, are really more accurate because i'm not an outsider look at, saying like haha look at these dumb fucks i'm an insider saying look at these dumb fucks <laughs> right you, you can look around yeah no that's a good point i also just found like intellectually it is much more interesting to not just like cordon off one whole side of the political right. divide and be like i'm not going to criticize them it turns totally. i think it turns into a hack over time totally um but yeah, so what happened with Destiny is like by spending so much time attacking and debating the alt-right, this is according to his fans on the subreddit, he accrued some very far-left followers, including some actual communists. The squirrel was one of them. So at the time, Destiny is not that worried about commies because he's focused on the alt-right. Eventually, though, something shifts and he starts to apply his, I'd say, considerable tools for critical thinking to the left as well. And by the standards of these things, like old figure, like he's a streamer in his 30s, um, people are obsessed with him and what he's thinking and doing and who he's sleeping with, blah, blah, blah. Like fans are obsessed with the idea of character arcs within the streaming world where they have the strongest parasocial relationships with people. So at one point, Destiny himself actually posted a nine minute video called Gaze Within that we'll link to and play a bit of here. Um, it simply shows his arc since 2017. Gaze Within is a reference to the Nietzsche quote, whoever fights monsters should see to it that in the process he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. So let's just play the beginning and the end of it. The first thing you see is a blank screen that says 2017. Katie, click that and watch the first 45 seconds of it. The last... At You're talking about reaction years. to identity politics. Dog, half the people that were tweeting tweeting at me in response to what you were saying to me were literal Nazis and white supremacists, like linking Look, me man, to... it's this guilt by association shit. Why don't you denounce all the communists in your movement? They killed 100 co- million people. Wait, what's what wrong communism? with communism? Is that what you just said? Wait, what does well, communism have to do with any of this? Well, what do Nazis have to do with this? The people, they, it's a political and, and race ideology. Communism is just an economic thing. Oh, okay, Nazis were a, a, a movement in, in the 1990s. 
Okay, now we're going to play a little bit from the end. These are This is a compilation of different clips from his stream. He's arguing with different people at different points, but I think you'll you'll sense the trajectory of where he ended up. Oh, oh so you're saying DSA tried to pay you? Liar. No, no, no. Dude, I'm saying... Liar, I'm not bro. saying that. Liar, I never said that. Liar, I'm saying liar. that if you're going to make a very strong claim like this, it's obvious that there's... Okay, okay. so I'm... Uh, yeah, sorry. So I'm Destiny, and I try to make sure that when we talk about breaking news, we're not rattling off some dumbass bullshit that we have no fucking idea what we're talking about. That's what I'm doing tonight. Hey, I'm, I'm Nina, and I go through nice life not being a white piece of shit. Nice to meet you, Destiny. So, uh, keep in mind, this is... Destiny himself posted this. So I... I what I got from it is that Destiny is saying that he himself maybe was not skeptical enough of the left at the beginning, and there's a reason he includes himself being called like a, a white piece of shit. That's sort of where online progressivism is right now, and I feel like he's sort of saying I wasn't skeptical enough of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one parallel I definitely recognize here, even though Destiny has a much bigger following than me, and, and maybe you got the same thing. This idea of picking up readers or listeners or fo- or followers because you write about like one set of issues. Um, in my case, a lot of people found me because I was skeptical of Gamergate and wrote pieces uh, critical of Gamergate. They are then furious, capital F furious, that it turns out you don't agree with them on 100% of everything. It's just thinking of like, oh, this guy's on our team. And then when it turns out you're not 100% on board with everything they believe with like abolishing capitalism, oh my God, his mask slipped. He's evil. Oh, yeah. I have definitely experienced that. Uh, Maybe this is because I tend to pick and choose my political positions based on the specific issue rather than like taking the entire Democratic Party platform or the Republican platform or whatever. So like a lot of conservatives who follow me for trans stuff are disappointed or mad when they find out that I don't really give a shit about drag queen story hour and I don't think drag queens are molesting children at public libraries. And then on the other side, some of the feminists who follow me also because of trans issues will get mad at me or are disappointed in me because of my stance on pronouns. And I don't generally misgender people aside from like rapist or the occasional they them. You just really can't please everyone. And I've stopped trying to. Yeah. And there was uh well, there's also a recent episode that probably caused us to pick up some bestiality fans and they're going to be mad when they find out that we don't actually practice bestiality. We do know? not practice what we pre- preach. <laughs> uh, we don't okay. practice what we leash. <laughs> doesn't even work, but I still laughed at it. Okay, back to the squirrel. The squirrel was a Destiny fan. This is according to the Dalaban's retelling, and I believe it. The squirrel was a Destiny fan who was outraged that Destiny's mask slipped, air quotes. Uh, it's not, ma- right, it's not mask slipping. It's changing your opinion over time. Or even just like paying attention to shit you didn't pay attention to. Like, I don't think Destiny, right. Destiny right. was, he, what he said that I that resonated with me is like, oh, communism, who cares about that? Because if you're raised in a certain milieu, no one's really like, you don't hear that much about like communism is actually quite bad. So it's an economic policy. It's not an ideology. <laughs> right. Um, according to, to destiny's fans, the squirrel became pretty obsessively anti-destiny really going after him. She seems to have a lot of time to tweet about politics on her hands. And she devoted a significant amount of it to calling out destiny for being a fascist or whatever. And this was under the account uh, Zaynap, which was the first one under which she built the following. I believe, though, it wouldn't shock me if she had a bunch of alternate accounts. Now, one major... Wait, what is her handle now? Zay Squirrel. Zay Squirrel. Okay. One major moment in the Great Squirrel vs. Destiny War came when, as the Daliban member Valky put it, quote... 
Destiny DMCA'd the fuck out of it. It being the squirrel's first account. Katie, do you know what that means? Um, well, DMCA is is using the law to like file a takedown notice for copyrighted material. Oh, so was the squirrel posting Destiny's copyrighted material, and then Destiny would file a notice, and 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 this, and it would get taken down. Yes. So there's two versions of of the heist I'm about to tell you guys about. But one of them is that the squirrel would post Destiny clips. Now streamers, I think, generally take a lax attitude toward DMCA, and I think it's illegal area because it's in streamers interest to have a lot of back and forth a lot of responses to clips but uh mm-hmm. destiny started filing dmca B- dmca's against the squirrel because the squirrel was so annoying in this user volke's account quote squirrel freaked out and disabled their account and tiny that's one of destiny's nicknames because he's short Tiny stole the handle, then got banned for ban evasion. Again, lol, but on the squirrel's old handle. Wait, was this on Twitter? Yeah, this is all on Twitter. Okay, so Destiny was banned from Twitter? Yeah, well, so Destiny has been banned repeatedly, often under ridiculous circumstances. But if I'm understanding this squirrel versus Destiny thing correctly, and if I'm not, I'm sure I'll hear from the Daliban. So the squirrel's posting all these clips. Uh, Destiny DMCA's, the squirrel freaks out that their account was in jeopardy. They temporarily shut it down. They didn't realize Destiny could just take it. Destiny takes the squirrel's account, but because he'd been previously banned from Twitter, he gets that account nuked because of his own past ban evasion. Is that how Zenequa became, whatever it is, became Zay Squirrel? Okay. Yes, that or, so that was the one version I heard. The other version was simply the squirrel was just trying to take a Twitter break, which does not sound like the squirrel, I have to say, and disabled their account, and Destiny got hold of it that way. But either way, for those who aren't on Twitter, this is like the internet equivalent of like Destiny scaring the squirrel out of her own car, stealing the car, Mm -hmm. going 100 miles over the speed limit, having a cop try to pull him over, and then piloting the car over a clip, and then Destiny bails out and survives. So it was a pretty, pretty bold move. And to this day, at Zaynapk is suspended, apparently, because of all this years ago bullshit. Nice. Um, and I did see an archive screenshot showing the original Squirrel account, controlled by someone who certainly appeared to be Destiny, based on the jokes they were making. So that I consider that confirmed. A um, few other quick Squirrel highlights, some involving Destiny, some not. Credit goes to Daliban member Splendid, not hard, not easy to pronounce, for pointing me to some of these. Um, at one point, the Squirrel and Destiny agreed to a debate, which would have been very enjoyable. The squirrel demanded it that it occur over text because she didn't want to use her voice. So the debate fell apart. What do we think the squirrel's job might be? Somebody who can be online all the time. Yeah. Could be male or female. Right. We're, are we leaning towards female now? I think I think we're leaning toward female, yeah. God, what could, it's got to be, you know what? Head of HR. <laughs> Head of HR, stay-at-home, remote tele- tele-nurse. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple people in the Destiny subreddit... One said that she was someone who had drank herself into disability. I think that's just a wild rumor. Another one said she was someone who was so uh, disabled they had a full-time caretaker, and that gave them time to tweet all day. I was like... What's your evidence? Like someone is like changing their diapers and they're busy tweeting. Well, yeah. And I was That's like, somebody's fantasy. <laughs> That's Claudia's based on, fantasy. Based on previous episodes, it, it certainly is. But when I asked, like, is there any evidence for that? They were basically just shrugged and were like, well, they're odd lines so much. They must have a caretaker. <laughs> It's like, probably a journalist. <laughs> yeah. Hyper online, super fucking annoying. Hyper online doesn't do any actual work, doesn't right. contribute to society. It's a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny because squirrels are very diligent creatures, and this person is not like a squirrel. True. So um, 
<laughs> Another great squirrel tweet. They called AOC a gusano. Do you know what that word means? No. In Cuba, they use the word gusano to refer to like a traitor who fled after the revolution. Mm. They're like these, these reviled. This is from the Wikipedia page for, for gusano, parentheses slur. At one point, Fidel Castro said, those gusanos must be stopped. The street belongs to us. The gusana parlaquin, the quinta columnista, that's fifth columnist, must be oh. punished physically, but without taking him to the wall. I think the fifth column should be taken to the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if they engage in sabotage, that is another matter, meaning they should be executed. So AOC's crime was she, through her office, put out a statement in Spanish decrying the Cuban government's uh, repression of these 2021 protests. It's like a pretty milquetoast statement that's just like, don't politically repress people. And that sufficiently angered the squirrel that she called AOC, who is not Cuban, a gusano, which makes no sense. Okay. I think it's a he, but go ahead. You, so you're just getting that masculine energy? I guess. It's very masculine energy, but like short masculine. <laughs> short king energy. I have been told I tweet like a short woman. Multiple people at the bar pod party you told do. me they thought I was you a do. woman at first. Yeah, well, of course. Your name is Jesse, and you seem like a short woman. At one point um, when uh, the squirrel was extolling the virtues of Cuba, people were like, you should move there. The squirrel made it clear that they were open to moving to Cuba if people would donate for them to move their family. <laughs> Four people in total from there to the UK. They apparently reside in the UK. It's a polycule. It's a polycule. <laughs> Destiny tweeted, I will chip in a few thousand to this if they're serious. Let me know if they keep tweeting about it. Now, assuming the squirrel and her family could get to Cuba, a few thousand dollars, having been there, I can say that would go a long way, especially yeah. if they chose to live in a non-touristy barrio among the proletariat, which like... How's the Wi-Fi there? I was going to say reliable Wi-Fi is a problem, so she wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to tweet so much, but this would be a win-win-win. You know what she could do? She could write her tweets in a bottle and send them towards Miami. <laughs> Just one out of Ed. Throw that. <laughs> hope the currents bring it, get it to Florida. <laughs> okay, so I now know more than I ever wanted to know about Z-Squirrel. How does this circle back to Barry Wise? Okay, let's get to that. But first, an ad for those of you on the free feed and then housekeeping. This holiday season, as you're pounding down mashed potatoes and gravy or latkes and applesauce. Pounding? You're fucking it. (laughs) I want you to think about everything you've looked at on your phone in the last few days. Every website, every OnlyFans link, every single video of a furry platterpus yiffing a beaver. (laughs) Now, Who's in charge of the Wi-Fi you've been enjoying all of that content on? Is it your dad? Your sister-in-law? The neighbor whose Wi-Fi password is password? Well, guess what? That person has access to all the crazy shit you've been looking at, unless you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all your online traffic, so whatever you do stays private. Because if you think incognito mode will save you, think again. Incognito mode does nothing except hide your history from yourself. If you don't have ExpressVPN turned on, you may as well just clink your glass at dinner and read your browser history out loud to your whole family. The same goes wherever you are. Work, home, travel. Are you really going to trust your boss, girlfriend, or Airbnb host to respect your privacy? I've been using VPN to... Katie, I don't know if I can read this. It's in the contract. You have to. Fine. I've been using VPN to pirate Japanese tentacle porn (laughs) because there is no way I'd let someone else see my Japanese tentacle porn browsing history and you shouldn't let someone see your Japanese tentacle porn browsing history 
either <laughs> I am being forced to read this. She has a gun to my head through the webcam. That's why we partnered with ExpressVPN to get you a special holiday offer. Go to expressvpn.com slash reported right now and you can get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash reported expressvpn.com slash reported to learn more. Katie, I've been talking a lot. Try to try to do housekeeping. You try? You don't think I can do it? No, I don't. We've been doing this show for, what, three and a half years, and you don't think I can do some fucking housekeeping? What's our URL without looking it up? This is a podcast. I don't, don't <laughs> fuck me up with the script. <laughs> that's not our We not are our a URL. podcast. You can reach out to us at blockedandreportedpodcast at gmail.com. We will read your emails. Uh, you can also check us out on our subreddit at blockedandreported.reddit.com. Yeah. I mean, you're performing surprisingly well, yeah. Okay, thank you. You can buy merch. We have hoodies. We have hats. We have tote bags. Squirrel skin. Uh, that is at caps. We have squirrel suits. Yes, we have. That is at blocked and reported merch. Wait, no, sorry. Wait, fuck that one up. That is at barprodmerch dot. Just there's a link on our sub. You page. okay? You were at like a B plus. Now you're at a C just because of those last three That's seconds. That's fine. Okay, so the main thing, the important thing to remember here, it's not the merch. It's not the subreddit. It's not emailing us your complaints. It's that if you go to Blockedandreported.org. This has to be shtick at this point. It's not, Jesse. I have a brain tumor. Wait, what? I have many little brain tumors. Yes, they're very specific. Is, you can't call this weed one, smoke brain tumors. It's. I told you I quit smoking weed. I just eat it now. Blockedandreported.org. You can become a primo and get three extra episodes a month each and every month. In the lo- cold, short days of December, what better way to keep yourself warm than by listening to us? I can't think of any. We have a good one coming up. This one is about some wild drama in Bookland and YA lands. Those YAs, man. They really know how to party. Oh, we're also going to talk about the Bennett article probably, right? Probably? Yes, that's right. We're yes. also going to talk about James Bennett, his uh, his recent tell-all in The Economist about what happened at the New York Times. It's more of a book than more an article. Book, yeah. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. That's next week. And you can get that if you go to blockedandreported.org and join us. This is really the best way to support the show, the only real important way to support the show. Please join us. Help us keep this going into another year. We're also trying to finalize a contest where we give away a bunch of prizes to people who sign up between now and the end of the year, but we're waiting on some, um, shall we say, technical issues to be resolved. This contest is ridiculous. You'll hear about it soon. It's insane. Such a good contest. Katie just... We're going to have 50 fucking winners. (sighs) It's not even a contest at that point. Okay, I'm going to read... First of all, it's 31. I'm going to read a text Katie sent me earlier. Quote, I hate our listeners and I don't want to give them anything because they're gusanos. He's making this up. It's just, it's not even a contest at this point. It's just everybody who does this is going to win because we have so many fucking winners. That's a, a good con- thing. I thought a contest was when you had one winner. Jesse thinks a contest is when everybody gets a, gets a prize. Katie thinks, and now we're referring to each other in a third person, which is always a good sign. Katie thinks that if people enter a contest and they're like guaranteed to win, that's a bad thing. Yeah, because it's that not. people are going to complain. Oh no, too many it's prizes. It's not a contest at that point. Point. what is it a giveaway a giveaway god i've never seen you be so precise about terminology you can't call it a contest if there's 31 winners what kind of contest is 31 winners well because it, we don't know how many entrants were also you kitty you can't correctly pronounce smith it was and now not, you're getting technical about a contest smith, versus a giveaway lee uh and you can't pronounce this squirrel not queen <laughs> this squirrel's not queen anyway okay Black-term let's get back to barry what why don't we get back to barry weiss okay let's do it Okay, we're going to get to the Barry Weiss very shortly. Katie, the squirrel, however, 
a main character this week. The squirrel's views on the Israel-Gaza conflict will not surprise you. Do you think the squirrel is a furry? It wouldn't shock me. It would really make sense. It really would. But like a furry who can't afford a fursuit, so is very resentful of that. But I I think furries... She just wears ears. I... (laughs) I don't think a furry would use like and she's got a tail butt plug. Uh, this is getting very specific and explicit. <laughs> I don't think a furry would use um, like a Disney image. I think they always like commissioned art or draw their own shitty art for their own personal anime, persona. Yeah. yeah, or anime. Here's what the squirrel said about the Hamas massacre. Palestinian liberation fighters have launched an offensive against their fascist genocidal occupiers, except instead of giving them leopard tanks, F-16s, HIMARS, and missiles to free themselves. Military nerds, do not tell me I mispronounced HIMARS. It's okay. You mispronounced fucking missile. Missile. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you, said, you said missiles. <laughs> It's a regional thing. We're from Boston. I'll have a missile and some clam chowder. <laughs> Except instead of giving them leopard tanks, F-16s, HIMARS, and missile, missiles to free themselves. Missile. <laughs> it's an Italian pastry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try this one more time. Except instead of giving them leopard tanks, F-16s, HIMARS, and missiles to free themselves, the entire West is military, financially, and diplomatically backing the occupiers. Let me guess. Let me guess the date that that the squirrel tweeted. I was going to know. That was going to have. I was hold on. That was the next thing in my notes. And let me finish. This is tweet two. Instead of giving advanced weaponry to the brave and heroic Palestinians who have been living in the largest open air concentration camp created by the Israeli regime. Every politician who says we must support Ukraine and kill Russian invaders is condemning them as evil monsters. Katie, guess the date. October 7th, 2023. Probably five minutes (laughs) after the news broke. Probably right before the news (laughs) broke because they were tipped on. Okay. The squirrel is actually the commander of Hamas. That would not surprise me. That's what they're tweeting as like Israel is still trying to figure out if there's terrorists still in their territory. Now let's get to Barrett Weiss. This whole most recent thing centers on a quote retweet she posted responding to a Palestinian activist and writer named Rafat Alarir. I'm going to issue our usual disclaimer that real life death and suffering like what's going on in Gaza and Israel at the moment is much more important than internet bullshit. We're not saying otherwise. We cover internet bullshit. Less important than the actual conflict. More important to our podcast. So. Rafat Alarir uh, is an interesting figure or was an interesting figure. He was recently killed in an Israeli airstrike. We will get to that. In May of 2021, the Times published a column of his headline, My Child Asks, Can Israel Destroy Our Building If the Power Is Out? It was a really moving column about just how horrific it was to live in Gaza when Israel was bombing it, especially with children you have to explain everything to. Toward the end of the column, he writes, Nusaiba, that's his wife, and I are a perfectly average Palestinian couple. Between us, we have lost more than 30 relatives. Yeah, we talked about this on uh, on the show last week. We mentioned it, yeah. Uh, in November of that year, the news side of the Times published a human interest article about Rafat Alarir by Patrick Kingsley, headlined, In Gaza, a contentious Palestinian professor calmly teaches Israeli poetry. So this focused on Alarir's work at the Islamic University in Gaza City. The article portrayed Alarir as this sort of open-minded person in a place hardened by trauma and hatred. After one scene of him teaching, Kingsley wrote, quote, Here was an appreciation of one of Israel's best-loved poets from a Palestinian professor at a university co-founded by the former leader of Hamas. The military group that runs the Gaza government does not recognize Israel and was responsible for dozens of suicide attacks on Israelis. Experts say the study of Israeli poetry in Palestinian colleges is rare, though not unheard of. But almost a full month later, um, well, Katie, can you just read this update they added at the top of that article? 
After publication of this article, Times editors reviewed additional information that is at odds with this article's portrayal of Rafat Al-Arir, a literature professor at Islamic University in Gaza, who was described as presenting Israeli poems in a positive light to his Palestinian students. In a class witnessed by a Times reporter, Mr. Al-Arir taught a poem by the Israeli poet Yehuda Amachai, which he called beautiful, saying... Amachai. Amachai? Amachai. Amachai? Amachai. Which he called beautiful, saying it underscored the shared humanity of Israelis and Palestinians. He said he admired how it showed that Jerusalem is a place where we all come together regardless of religion and faith. However, in a video of a class from 2019, he called the same poem horrible and dangerous saying that although it was aesthetically beautiful, it brainwashes readers by presenting the Israelis as innocent. He also discussed the second Israeli poem by Tuvia Rubner, which he called Dangerous, adding, This kind of poetry is in part to blame for the ethnic cleansing and destruction of Palestine. When the Times asked Mr. Alarir about the discrepancy, he denied that there was a substantial change in his teaching and said that showing parallels between Palestinians and Jews was his ultimate goal. Dot, dot, dot. In light of this additional information, editors have concluded that the article did not accurately reflect Mr. Alarir's views on Israeli poetry or how he teaches it. Had the Times done more extensive reporting on Mr. Alarir, the article would have presented a more complete picture. Wow. Yeah. It's almost as long as the Tom Cotton note. <laughs> but yeah, that's not, you said, wow, rightfully so. That's not something the Times often does, basically saying like, no, we screwed we up. We would up. have done this article differently if we'd known more. Totally. Totally. I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't just the stealth edit. <laughs> yeah, which has delete the whole thing. thing. We'll talk about that, that during the the James Bennett uh, primo episode. Um, look, Rafat Alarir, he's dead now. He's dead because of an Israeli airstrike. This is clearly a guy who suffered a great deal because of Israel's wars with Gaza, and he had a rather searing distrust of Israel. Yeah, I mean, whatever else the guy believed, I don't know. I think that if 30 of my family members were killed by an army, I would also be very resentful. By podcasters. <laughs> you would hate podcasters. I would also be very resentful of that nation and the people who lived in it. Yeah, I, I find this, not to be a nerd, but like the American philosopher Thomas Nagel had this concept of moral luck, and he used the example of like Germans who had to choose whether or not to um, collaborate with the Nazis. A lot of us don't face choices like that. Like you and I are not getting bombed by anyone except Twitter bombs by mean people on Twitter, which I think is arguably different. Hey, we survived the Twitter wars. We survived wars. the Twitter wars. But I, I do think that question of what would happen if you lived in a place where you couldn't really leave, where you were getting bombed by Israel, I think it's fair to ask that question, whatever you think about the conflict. And I think a lot of human beings are going to come out of that feeling a lot of hatred toward the people bombing them. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't even tell you whether or not in some grander sense some of the bombing might have been justified that's just the reality even if all of the bombing was justified if i were a a german living in 1940 when was when did the allies bomb germany um i don't know when it started the war wrapped up by 45 like when was the dresden, dresden yeah. firebombing was like i don't want to even guess on mike i was gonna guess 43 too dresden firebombing was this is really sad oh jesus fucking christ 45 all right if i were we're leaving this in as a sign of our trust for our readers, right? <laughs> yeah. If I were a resident of Dresden and I and I was anti let's say let's say in this hypothetical situation, I'm a I'm a I'm hiding Anne Frank's family from from the Nazis. But, but my, in but Dresden my, in this situation. Come on, just go with me here. Okay. But I'm still but my family is but, but but my home has been bombed and 30 of my family members are killed. I'm probably still going to hate fucking hate the allies. Yes, even if you also hate the Nazis. Right, you just would I mean, I think it's completely reasonable to even if yeah. you even if you're a Zionist, even if you're a, a fucking full-throated Zionist, 
to understand why somebody would have uh, hatred towards the nation and the people who killed 30 of your relatives. Yes. And and one, one response you often hear is that, well, it's Hamas's fault. They fire rockets. It is. Just, yeah. It can both be true that in a sense, the, Israel would not bomb Gaza if Hamas didn't fire rockets. But also from the point of view of someone like Al-Arir, they're like, well, Hamas, Hamas, Hamas didn't actually kill my family. It was Israeli bombs that killed my family. Right. And not just the bombing, but the fact that Palestinians have, some Palestinians have been, generations of Palestinians have been living in refugee camps. Um, it's good that we stayed away from chiming in directly on the conflict and just stuck to the internet bullshit. <laughs> so Rafat Al-Arir, when he was alive, he viewed the October 7th attack similarly to how the squirrel did. The Times of Israel noted that, quote, on October 7th, he was invited onto the BBC, where he praised Hamas's onslaught into southern Israel, calling the massacre of Israeli civilians, quote, legitimate and moral, end quote, and likening the slaughter to the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Okay, let's get to the Barry part. Okay, yeah, so we mentioned this briefly on the show um, last week-ish. Was it last week? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That part started on October 29th, when a guy named David Afun or Afune tweeted, a baby was found in an oven, baked to death by Hamas terrorists. Leading Israeli first responder, some guy, recounted to an RJC gathering last night, end quote. So Rafat, quote, retweeted this and said... What's RJC? I don't know. Uh, Republican Jewish Committee, I bet. RJC. Do you think it's the Responsible Jewelry cons- Council using context <laughs> clues? I think it probably is. Yeah. Probably the Responsible Jewelry co- uh, Republican Jewish Coalition. Okay. Rafat quote retweeted that and said with or without baking powder uh so he's basically joking about an israeli baby being burned in an oven except i think tell me if you agree i think he's basically expressing skepticism that it happened yeah there were a lot of claims being made and there was skepticism about those about the more uh outlandish claims yeah. being made so a day later barry weiss responded by quote retweeting um rafat and saying Here's Rafat Al-Arir joking about whether or not an Israeli baby burned alive in an oven was cooked, quote, with or without baking powder, end quote. So Al-Arir then, quote, retweeted Weiss's, quote, retweet, writing, quote, if I get killed by Israeli bombs or my family is harmed, I blame Barry Weiss at Barry Weiss and her likes. Many maniacal Israeli soldiers already bombing Gaza take these lies and smears seriously and they act upon them. You know, this is kind of like like tweeter's best revenge like you actually predict your own death you blame someone and then some and then that person your twitter enemy dies <laughs> i mean it's fucking dark but it's I'm, poetic. I'm not sure i've ever seen anything like this it's incredibly dark so right in this tweet alarir included screenshots of some pretty disgusting looking direct messages he'd received the implication being he got them because barry weiss shined a spotlight on him. So this is stuff. And Barry was, I'm sure, not the first person. to. She didn't find his tweet, right? This must have been going viral before Barry tweeted We're going to get to that in a second. Um, so okay. the, the, these quote retweets, some of which look like they're just from random nobody accounts. Send me your address. We are going to wipe you out in Gaza. When we get to Gaza, I personally will rip, rape, raw dog your old mother. I'm going to expanded your mom, wife, and child rectum in front of your, yeah, and so on. And then in addition, on October 31st, the squirrel tweeted, it is not only leading liberals and conservatives who follow and admire Barry Weiss, it is also leading Israeli regime thugs and murderers. They just got a kill order form from Barry Weiss to murder a Palestinian family in Gaza. Barry Weiss just gave a public kill order and no one cares. This really reminds me of Andy Noe's 
kill list. Yeah, I remind everyone about that. This we've talked about this on the show before. There's been these these rumors won't die that Andy No, the journalist formerly based in Portland, conservative journalist, gave a kill list to a Nazi group called Autumn Autumn Why does that make me hungry? Does it say olive waffle? It sounds <laughs> it like what's going to waffle. It sounds like a delicious pastry. And basically what happened is that there was this game of telephone based on the fact that somebody wrote a piece for Quillette that Andy may or may not have edited. He might have. I don't know. He was an editor for Quillette at the time, but I don't think anybody actually knew who the editor was. Naming, like calling all of these a number of journalists Antifa sympathizers. And... How that that's got like sort of that's like sort of it. Like it's it's yeah, yeah. so stupid to get from there to Andy No, who I have a lot of. I mean, we've talked about he has a complicated relationship to mainstream journalism. He's gotten some stuff right. He also will just like tweet mugshots of black yeah. criminal suspects. Like clearly a provocateur. In this case, the idea that he gave a kill list to a neo-Nazi group is so fucking stupid when you look at the details that anyone who repeats that instantly discredits themselves and this is calling barry weiss's tweet a public kill order is like that but arguably crazier yeah this is kind of okay another another comparison so libs of tiktok will take these videos that are posted on tiktok or instagram or whatever and she will elevate them to her many millions of i don't know if she has many millions but her many hundreds of thousands of followers Oftentimes, I'm just as appalled by her elevating these nobodies as I am by the content itself. But she's taking something public that somebody has publicly posted and reposting it. That is what Barry has done here. Barry didn't drag this out of the guy. She didn't go find his diary and publicize this. She retweeted something that somebody posted on the fucking internet. Quote retweeted, but yes. Quote retweeted, yes. Okay, but for the baby thing, like, do we know if the baby thing was real or not? The baby thing did not happen. So I'll, I'll link to an archive version of an important December 4th article in Haaretz. That's like a major uh, Israeli daily newspaper. It's paywall. They should really unlock it. It's headlined, Hamas committed documented atrocities, but a few false stories feed the deniers. Subhead, the extensive evidence of crimes against humanity committed by Hamas terrorists on October 7th should not be contaminated by unverified stories disseminated by Israeli search and rescue groups, army officers, and even Sarah Netanyahu. Sarah Netanyahu is uh, Bibi's wife. Katie, please read this. I I think the only unfamiliar term to maybe some listeners will be uh, United Hatzala. That's basically a volunteer EMS service in Israel. In another story that spread a few weeks ago, United Hatzala President Eli Beer told told of a baby that was placed in an oven and burned to death. Beer made the remarks at a donors conference in the United States. The British newspaper, the Daily Mail, changed it from baby to babies. But this story <laughs> just left of course, of course they're involved somehow. But this story is also not true. Ten month old Mila Cohen was murdered in the massacre, along with the baby still in the womb of her mother, who died after her mother was shot on the way to the hospital. The police have no evidence showing that other babies were killed. A source at United Hatsala said a volunteer mistakenly interpreted a case at the Shura base and passed the inaccuracy onto Beer. I gotta say it's not nitpicking uh, about this, about which rapes did or didn't occur, about which no. atrocities. About the, the 80 babies being beheaded. It's yeah. not. It, like in a, in a time of war and chaos and trauma, people spread all sorts of rumors and you're not nitpicking if you ask, was a baby really put in an oven? I understand the response of like, oh, they just shot it. They didn't put it in the oven. Right. 
I don't care, especially if you're a journalist, that distinction matters a great deal. What actually happened versus what didn't. Right. And you do see a lot of denial about things like rape. Uh, Brie Joy Gray, uh, Bernie's former press secretary, like this is this is seems to be her thing now is incessantly tweeting that uh, when there are claims that Hamas raped women. She wants to like see the see the rape kits. So you can also see why people who sympathize with Israelis would also be uh, sick of the nitpicking. But yes, as a jur- as journalist, especially, yeah. But as journalists, especially, it is very important that you verify the details, especially details that seem too terrible to be yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so on the merits, Rafat Alarir was correct, although I would say he's accidentally correct, to be honest. Like, I don't think anyone knew for sure at the time what was true and what wasn't, but he was right. Um, yeah, assuming assuming that his tweet was a co- was a comment on the accuracy of the story, not him saying like, ha cooked baby. Right, right. And I mean, to get from any of this to the idea that Barry Weiss is responsible for his death requires this like superstitious belief in the power of Twitter or frankly stuff that edges right up to the line of like Jewish conspiracy theories. A prominent Jewish pundit has a direct line to the IDF. Really? Like that doesn't creep anyone out a little bit. Um, So a lot of it stems from like these certain big nodes in the internet rumor mill that is far left Twitter. Some of them picked up on this very questionable quote unquote report about Alarir's death put out by a rights group called the um, Euromed Human Rights Monitor. So you'll see Max Blumenthal, who really hates Israel, did a long tweet. Uh, I'm not going to read it. I'll include a link to it, um, basically citing this report. Okay, so this article from this group called the Euromed Human Rights Monitor is extremely vague. It starts, quote, The Israeli airstrike that killed Professor Rafat Alarir was apparently deliberate. Euromed Monitor concluded, Katie, concluded on Friday. Mm -hmm. Apparently concluded. Right. It was apparently, we concluded that 70% of the time it works 30% of the time. Um or whatever the line is. The apartment where Rafat and his family were sheltering was surgically bombed out of the entire building where it's located, according to corroborated eyewitness and family accounts. This came after weeks of death threats that Rafat received online and by phone from Israeli accounts. So this entire thing is anonymous. Uh, we have no idea how Euromed Human Rights Monitor concluded any of this. It's just completely opaque. I found another instance in which this group accused Israel of using a Palestinian man in a photo op, an elderly guy. It's like a a photo of a soldier giving him directions along the escape route or the humanitarian corridor. And then they claim Israel just executed him in cold blood immediately after that based on his daughter's claim. There appears to be no independent evidence of this anywhere. Um, And then the... uh, this idea that Rafat had been receiving numerous death threats and hateful messages from Israeli accounts on social media leaves out an aspect of the story that's like a bit difficult to talk about, given that he's dead now. Oh, uh, what's that? So he talked a lot of shit on Twitter. He was constantly saying things on Twitter. Like maybe Barry Weiss quote retweeting him got him a fresh wave of harassment because she's a big account. It wouldn't be shocking. Yeah. He made a joke about... Di- no, I mean, we saw the, we saw the DMs. Right, but we, well, first of all, we don't know when those... I don't think we know... Let me scroll up and make sure, but I don't think we know when those DMs came in. Presumably those DMs were in response to Barry Weiss, but he, um, he was tweeting a lot. He was tweeting really offensive stuff about a massacre. 
a lot of people are acting like Weiss caused the threats to him or that he was just sort of randomly receiving death threats and so on from Israeli evil accounts. Uh, but the fact is, like, this obviously doesn't mean he should be killed. If bad tweets were a capital offense, you and I should have been executed years ago. But it does mean the same thing happened to Rafat al that happens to anyone who is very online and who is saying offensive stuff about issues people feel passionate about. People told him to kill himself, go fuck himself, they were going to kill him, and on and on. So there's just a case to be made he was getting abusive messages, not because of Israeli evil Israelis like conspiring against a Palestinian activist, but because he was... A dick on Twitter. This was well documented by a guy named Drew Pavlow. He did a tweet storm about it. We'll link to the unrolled thread. Katie, just just read a few of these examples. Okay, in one of them, it looks like a video that he quote tweets, and he says, an honorable military parade in settlement squares. So this is like a video taken by a terrified Israeli of Hamas terrorists driving around in a truck. He calls that an honorable military parade in settlement squares. Um, oh, God, scroll down to the Ilhan Omer one. This statement by, and then he tags Ilhan Omar, sounds just like one by an Israeli neo-Nazi minister. Just sprinkle a bit of a call to flatten Gaza. Shame, shame, shame on you, Ilhan Omar. Uh, and sh- what she has said was, I condemn the horrific acts we are seeing unfold today in Israel against children, women, and the elderly and the unarmed people who are be- being slaughtered and taken by Hamas. So he was he was opposed to any humanization of, right. of Jewish people. Um, at another point, in response to two gunmen opening fire on civilians in Tel Aviv, Israel, Rafat Alarir quote retweeted that and said, "All Israelis are soldiers. This is a fact. That's a reference to the fact that they do military service. Most Israelis have Palestinian and Arab blood on their hands. Another fact. He's pretty explicitly saying all Israeli civilians are fair targets." At another point, uh, Al-Arir said, all the rape sexual violence allegations are lies. Israel uses them as smoke screens to justify the Gaza genocide. That was actually the title of Bree's uh, last podcast. <laughs> Jesus. I just want, I can't, as someone is going to be like, oh, so you're saying it's good he died? No, I don't want him to have died. My point is not that any of this warranted his death. The point is he was extremely online and extremely provocative. So of course he received threats. And those threats do not by no means explain why he was killed and offer no clues about him being killed. Right. Okay. So, but what do we know about whether or not the Israeli government intentionally targeted him, whether it was because of his tweets or his poetry class? I mean, that to me seems like the most important part of the story. That's definitely the most important part of the story. Because if this guy um, was targeted- Because he's a civilian, just for as being, far as we know. He's not- Yeah. If he right. was targeted just for being an obnoxious activist, that would, I mean, as far as I know, that would basically be a war crime, um, unless they had some evidence right. he was like involved in Hamas. So- Israel isn't really in a position to just outright deny something like killing an academic right now just because they have bombed the shit out of Gaza. There's like been an unfathomable sure, level yeah, of... I'm sure there's quite a few academics underneath that rubble. Well, right. So there's different There's different questions. There's like, there was just a piece today um, about them using unguided weapons, which are going to kill a lot of civilians. Um, in terms of whether Rafat al-Arir was intentionally targeted, there is no proof as of yet. There is no proof because that report we read from. Yeah, but how would we possibly have proof of that? Well, we'll, we'll get to is that. There, do we have proof that? Okay, wait, question for you. Is it true that the apartment that he was in was the only one bombed out of that building? Well, so Euromed just said all this was according to corroborated eyewitness and family accounts with no other details. So A... No, we don't know what that stems from. B, a random eyewitness on the ground could not necessarily tell for sure. I'll get to this in a minute. I'll get to some actual experts on this. But 
you could not tell for sure as just a random eyewitness what was going on. It requires a level of, of expertise. So the claim that he was intentionally targeted, I view as completely unproven. That doesn't mean it couldn't be proven or that more information couldn't come out. But as of now, the first step to get to the ultimate goal of saying Barry Weiss called for this guy to be killed, which is psychotic, is to say that he was intentionally killed in the first place. Um, and we don't know that. How online is, is Bibi Netanyahu? <laughs> Does he follow Barry? Um so we need to know. We also know that he and his family have been bombed before and that he was often in close proximity to bombing because there was so much of it. A BBC article about his death explains, quote, Al Arir had declined to leave northern Gaza following the start of Israeli operations in the area. Two days before he died, he posted video to social media in which a number of explosions could be heard. Quote, the building is shaking. The debris and shrapnel are hitting the walls and flying in the streets, he wrote. So... If anything, that's evidence against a targeted attack because it shows that he was already very close to a lot of bombing and therefore at risk of being killed. And we know that Israeli has killed thousands of civilians, like, quote unquote, accidentally. Okay, so that's your intuitions, but you obviously don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Did you ask any experts or anything? Yeah, I I decided to reach out to some experts, like the sorts of folks who analyze explosions and know what constitutes evidence in a war zone and so on. Uh, Two of them got back to me. So one is Mark Garlasco. This is from his bio. Mark Garlasco is the military advisor at PAX. Um, That's an organization dedicated to protecting civilians in wartime, quote, where he works with the UN, NATO, and the US military on civilian harm issues. He was chief of high value targeting on the joint staff during Operation Iraqi Freedom and led UN war crimes investigations in Afghanistan, Libya, and Syria. He has worked in numerous conflict zones investigating war crimes for NGOs and specialized in civilian harm mitigation while at center. For naval analyses. So I think I first became aware of Garlasco. He came up on this podcast because he was one of the people who pointed out that photo evidence from the supposed hospital bombing in Gaza didn't line up with what was being claimed about the extent of the death and destruction. He's also quite critical of Uh Israel's approach to this war. So that struck me as a good sign that he has uh, integrity. Um, The other expert who returned my email was Dr. John Goodpaster of Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. His site notes, quote, my group's research can be described as forensic analytical chemistry, which combines the powerful laboratory methods of analytical chemistry with issues of acute social relevance, such as law enforcement, public health, and counterterrorism, end quote. So so what did you ask them? I mean, I was coming at this knowing nothing. So I basically just ran the, the outlines of the story by them, asking a, whether Israel is capable of striking as surgically as Euromed claimed, and B... Well, I mean, drones exist. Of course they are. Um, I don't think the existence of drones means you could take out, like, all... Or I didn't know that that could take out, like, one apartment in a big building, but you might probably know more about this than me. But I wanted to confirm that with them. I mean, did I not... Did I or did I not serve in the Marines for 10 years? Did not? <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask Trace. He was in the Air Force. Um, I also just basically asked him, you know, what, what else could we know based on the information we have about the situation? What would be safe to say about whether or not this was a targeted strike? Garlasco responded to my initial email by saying, setting aside, I know nothing about this case. I would want to see forensic evidence of the building or munition. This is certainly a capability the IDF has. And off the top of my head, there are three munitions that could do this. He he lists some spike FLM version of GBU 39 and possibly tank round quote, but that is hugely speculative and only answers is such a strike even possible. 
Yes. That said, I have no info on intent, know nothing of this incident, and have never heard of that group. He means Euromed. Uh, we went back and forth a little. He said in a follow-up email, the IDF has the capability of targeting and destroying a room in an apartment building without causing widespread damage to the rest of the building. However, I have no evidence that is what happened here. Please note, I have not investigated this attack and don't know the specifics. One more follow-up email. Devoid of forensic evidence, it is impossible to come to conclusions on any such incident as with the hospital early in the conflict. Impossible. Okay, so it's impossible to come to conclusions based without without forensic uh, without forensic uh, evidence, but it is hypothetically possible for Israel for Israel to have targeted this one guy in this apartment building yes. within this building. Yes, and here's what the other guy, Professor Goodpay. I mean, that's like none of that surprises me at all. Israel is is one of the has one of the most technically capable. Yeah militaries in the world like yeah of course yeah. they could fucking do um i mean i, I guess Plus they're jews <laughs> you know how smart jews are good with maps yes here's what here's what good paster the the other expert said in response to my inquiries i know i'm over reading here but i just want to lean on experts because this is very far from my area and i'm hoping maybe a few people tweeting stuff without thinking will listen i mean who am i kidding they're not gonna listen to this podcast but i hope yeah, the squirrel's gonna listen to you and be like actually guys there's not enough information <laughs> i'd like to yes. issue an apology <laughs> Here's what Good Pacer said. He did a numbered list. One, we know that precision munitions are available to Israel through open source media accounts. Two, a compelling eyewitness account would include elements such as seeing the source of the munition, aircraft, ground forces, etc., as well as observing the path of the munition from its source directly into the supposed target. Any video footage of the event would also be very valuable. Three, at any scene of an explosion, you can expect to find fragments of the explosive device or military munition. For example, recent media reports have discussed finding fragments of the shell cases for munitions containing white phosphorus in Lebanon. These shells are designed to produce large amounts of white smoke, but they can also start fires due to the high temperature at which white phosphorus burns. Four, another potential clue would be trace chemical residues of explosives at the scene. The most common military explosives are trinitrotoluene. I didn't know TNT was called that. Uh, RDX and PETN. This would require car careful chemical analysis, however. I then double-checked or cross-checked. I sent Good Pasters' whole response back to Garlasco to ask if he agreed with it or had any quibbles with any of it. Quote, no quibbles. He's quite right. Witness accounts are important indicators and can help spark an investigation. In my work, I rely on the types of forensic evidence he noted to identify the weapon and potentially the perpetrator. Finally, and then I'll shut up, in a follow-up email, I wrote this to Good Paster. Overall, it sounds like if I discuss this on my podcast, I'll be on safe ground saying, I said like, something like, generally speaking, the types of folks who investigate these sorts of situations would not accept as conclusive evidence one way or another the claim that anonymous eyewitnesses believe the strike to have been targeted. I'm basing that off my emails with you and with another expert in this area who had similar answers. Good pace to replied, I would agree 100% with that statement. Okay, so they agree we don't have any conclusive evidence yet that Rafat Al-Arir was specifically targeted. Whether it was over Barry Sweet or not, we don't know if he was specifically targeted. That's right. That doesn't mean it didn't happen, but we just don't have evidence of that. Right, we don't have evidence. And keep in mind, as I sum up what follows, that I did like the most basic low effort reporting a man imaginable. I looked up experts and emailed them, but a lot of people didn't do that. So the most important thing to some people isn't saying accurate stuff. It's showing how much you loathe Barry Weiss. So because right. Alar I'm not sure these people are going to be convinced by you by you emailing these experts just because it is <laughs> really? it is possible. I mean, obviously, like these anonymous anonymous uh, witness accounts are, don't mean jack shit, but it is 
fucking possible that they did this and of course there are so many people who are pissed about israel about what how israel has responded to this horrific attack killing tens of thousands of civilians i think many people are not going to give israel the benefit of the doubt when it comes to this what is the current like do we have a verified death toll i know it's like up around twenty thousand, but i just but again also these numbers come largely from gaza gaza hamas health ministry whatever yeah a lot of fucking people are dead but then i saw some reporting that like a lot of yeah, whatever it is, it's a huge, a huge amount of money. Uh, money, people are dead. Um, you are such a Jew, man. You're just talking about the money. You're not, you're not even caring about Palestinian life. A lot of um, but because of this weird confluence of events, where like Alarir preemptively assigned responsibility for his death to Barry Weiss and her like, and because of the squirrel tweet and because of a lot of other deranged accounts, it's now like a known fact among a subset of unwell people that the IDF relied on a Barry Weiss quote retweet to decide who to kill. Right. And it's not just crazy squirrels. Like I, I've had run-ins with Noah Colwin. He comes across as a sociopath on Twitter, uh, link in the show notes, but he also co-hosts a really well-respected podcast called Blowback. Um, that's mostly about America's foreign entanglements. He also, he, he works for Defector too, or writes for them. Um, Blowback relies on sort of supposedly careful, accurate interpretations of, of historical events in places like Iraq and Afghanistan he tweeted with a screenshot, Rafat Alarir was singled out by Barry Weiss for an audience of millions, and now he is dead. He also tweeted, No one's saying Barry ordered a drone strike. We're saying she is we're saying she is influential pundit. She singled this guy out. He got a call from the IDF who killed him and his family the next day. Why would the IDF call him before they kill him? That part of the story He's is out of his me. fucking This is like it's like one thing a lot of conspiracy theories have in common is you portray the evil other as both all powerful, all knowing, all seeing, and profoundly incompetent. So in this view, Israel can kill whoever they want anytime they want. What they choose to do is let Barry Weiss choose their targets for them and use Twitter to communicate that. It makes no it's a completely fucking deranged rumor to spread without evidence. Like this No, no, no. Jesse, don't you remember? She sent out that poll through her newsletter and it was who should I kill next? Who should the IDF target next? That was only for only, only for, for premium subscribers. They at the highest tier of um uh free press, you get to, you know, influence Israeli military mm-hmm. policy because of course you do. I think some of this Twitter bullshit crosses a line to being genuinely dangerous. Like, I don't want to use that word lightly because we've talked about harm inflation. I, I I hate to do all the throat clean, but like thousands of pounds, thousands of civilians are dead on both sides. So like, I'm not saying dangerous in that sense. I'm saying when you get to the point where you're a, a Noah Colwyn type and you have a platform and you're spreading a rumor that Barry, an, another named person is responsible for death you're making things a little bit dangerous for that person in a way that to me crosses a line beyond like Barry Weiss is a piece of shit or I hate Barry Weiss. I just, I think it's really irresponsible and creepy. Um, so another tweet from a different account, this is quote retweeting students protesting uh, a talk Weiss gave um, at the university of Texas. They were protesting Oliver's death quote. This is 19,000 retweets quote, May she never step foot in public without being confronted like this again. May she never have a moment of peace for the blood she has on her hands. So, I mean, I, I, I texted Barry. She, did, she, for understandable reasons, didn't want to talk about any of this. Um, I will say, like, I did a story on a woman who is much less famous than Barry Weiss, Monica Foy. She got blown up by Breitbart for doing um, an offensive tweet about uh, the killing of a sheriff's deputy. She had to flee her home, and she's someone with like a fraction. This was a no, like not a uh, public figure, not a journalist. So I just I think 
this does get to the point of being a little bit dangerous when you're saying Barry Weiss organized the killing of a Palestinian journalist. Like, I'm not basing that on anything specific. I just think you need to be careful if you're Noah Cohen. I don't think the squirrel is capable of being careful, although, like... <laughs> I hope I hope there's a little bit of soul left inside that squirrel. It's not like a Darth Vader sit or I hope it is a Darth Vader situation where there's a little soul left. But um yeah. I mean I feel like I ask a version of this question every week, but but where's Ben Collins? Like if right wingers were claiming that Nicole Hannah Jones was responsible for the death of like a named individual police officer, he would work himself into a ladder explaining to all of us simpletons that this is known as stochastic terrorism and the right wing terrorizes people on Twitter. It just seems like when when the the quote unquote good guys do very similar stuff, utter silence. Like there's no real principles here. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you about that, but I just I wonder if there's any sort of contradiction. Like, do you see any contradiction with you saying no, Noah Coleman shouldn't accuse Barry of uh, of being complicit in this guy's in this guy's death? Like that's dangerous. That's going to get Barry hurt. No, I'm saying it could be. It crosses a line into like dangerousness territory. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it. Yeah. Okay, so why does this cross a line, but her elevating this guy's tweet doesn't cross a line? Is it the, the actual content of the tweet? To me, I put like factual claims in a different category than just look at this asshole. Barry was doing a look at this asshole tweet. Now, I think maybe at a certain size of Twitter account, you should just not tweet much and like you should realize that you could bring harassment to someone but i think if we're going to play by the rule you can't do a look at this asshole tweet then everyone everyone's guilty of this and um if people are going to be you know by that logic the squirrel who is constantly making fun of people is also making life dangerous for them i just Mm -hmm. don't think that it makes sense to set the boundaries there whereas if i said if i doxed the squirrel and said the squirrel had molested a squirrel that's more dangerous than just saying, look at this fucking asshole commie. Did the squirrel molest the squirrel? I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny. It's like the all rear targeted. We don't know. We don't know whether or not we would need forensic evidence to say whether the squirrel molested the squirrel. Okay. Well, it's going to, yeah, it's going to take more than eyewitness accounts. So please get the squirrel into, uh, into SVU. We need that. The only thing I want to add is like, I was really frustrated to see that Ryan Grimm retweeted the deranged squirrel tweet. Like he's a good journalist. He wrote the definitive article on meltdown. He's an okay journalist. <laughs> he also wrote like the big terror read story about Joe, about oh, Joe dude, Biden's uh, alleged okay. sexual assault. Well, but he wrote like his piece in the intercept on, on meltdowns and progressive organizations last year was like really important. Um, anyway, I just, I, I reached out to him. He said he had unretweeted it, but like he just wanted to highlight the timeline with the squirrel claiming, um, you know, the squirrel claiming that Barry had put out a hit on Alarir and then him getting killed. Um, but I just, yeah, this whole thing was like really deranged. And uh, I guess at this point, there's a subset of folks in the Colwyn territory who have just been so online for so long, they're sort of beyond saving or beyond like journalistic or decency norms whereas grim at least i don't think he's in that category at all i find that very dangerous of you to say jesse everything's dangerous anything else i guess just like i also find this to be a distraction from like actual questions about israel's conduct because a huge amount of people have now spent time spreading the rumor they intentionally killed this guy when it might not have been a targeted strike when there's plenty to discuss about how israel is prosecuting this war so there sure is the most important thing is to make sure to own barry weiss All right, Jesse. Well, thank you for that. Um, I guess that's it. We're done for this week. We are done. This has been Blocked and Reported. As always, we are produced with help from Tracy Woodgrains and Jessica, the 80s baby. I'm Jesse Single. And remember, if you think the squirrel is bad, check out the sloth. 
And I'm Katie Herzog. And also remember, seriously, Squirrel, I will also chip in some money for you to move to Cuba. Mm-hmm.